simple, lucid, and well-researched. At Outlook, my day would be incomplete without a tete-a-tete -tete with Ajit. After I reached office at around 11 a.m., my first meeting would be with him. First, we would discuss work. Then, we would get to the real business, the gupshup. What else is happening? was my loaded question. Ajit would give me a running commentary of the low life and high life in the capital. And it was not all press club gossip. Who is seeing whom? Where do they meet? Which editor is about to be sacked? Seldom was Ajit not able to supply the goods. He was and remains the best informed reporter in town. You can rely on him for the serious and the salacious. He's a quiet reporter, self-effacing, perhaps too self-effacing and reticent. What I liked about him was how quickly he grasped the essentials of a story idea, immediately understood its ramifications and frequently added new dimensions to the idea to make it stronger. Graham Greene wrote the prescient masterpiece, The Quiet American. Ajit was the quiet reporter. And all the better for it, so unlike the garrulous ones too flamboyant and too eager to take credit for what they had not done. His silence hid his multiple talents, besides adding an aura of mystery to his personality. I can say without fear of contradiction, he was, is, the most versatile writer-reporter I have encountered in my 40-year career as editor. For instance, I and his colleagues at Outlook discovered late in the day that he was a superb satirist. The secret diary of which he wrote about people in the news every week for a couple of years turned out to be one of the best features in the magazine and frequently competed with my Delhi diary. One more secret talent needs to be mentioned. He is the male version of Nigella Lawson. He makes a mean chicken dry dish. It has no oil, virtually no chilies, and is light on the masala. To his publishers, I recommend the next book they get out of Ajit is on his unique cooking, Ajit's Cookbook, if I may be so bold to suggest a title. The reader might think my extravagant praise is motivated, because any praise for Ajit is indirect praise for me. Perished the thought. Ajit's journalism would have blossomed and prospered even if he had never worked for me. Perhaps the opposite is true. My editorship benefited from his contribution. Read this book to find out. Take one. In a perfect universe, there must be perfect newspapers, perfect editors, and perfect reporters. Alas, this utopian world doesn't exist except in the minds of aspiring journalists who believe in the fairness, objectivity, and immense powers of the press. These notions slowly evaporate as the greenhorn realizes that human frailties afflict even the gods in the media. Commercial considerations can often weigh on editorial decisions and a good story can be rejected or cut to size. More importantly, 
there are editors and managements who are partial to reports that reflect or substantiate their point of view or toe a particular political or economic line. These harsh realities are even more evident today when editorial content considered to be sensitive is often put through a scanner to see if it is management-friendly or if it does not hurt friends of the owner. Editorial freedom has thus shrunk over the years and there is no one to blame but those who run newspapers and compliant editors who do not stand up for their reporters. Very often, it may not be enough to get a good story if it happens to be controversial and unpalatable to the management. It then requires an editor who can see its worth and manage to convince the bosses that they should allow him or her to exercise...